Orchestra for the Colton. Take your Bibles tonight. Turn to John 10. I did something today that I've only ever done once or twice, I think, maybe, in the last almost 18 years. I preached a message that I started this morning, part two tonight so much that I wanted to fit in and I, don't want, I didn't want to cram it together. I want to talk to you tonight again as we started this morning, this is part two, uh, what believers have in Christ. Some things I have in Christ. John chapter 10 and verse 19 the Bible says, here there was a division therefore among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil, and is mad. Why hear ye him? Others said, These are not the words of him that hath the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of a blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said to him, How long dost thou make us to doubt if thou be the Christ? Tell us plainly. And Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. And before we pray, I want you to notice the next verse. What was the response? Then the Jews took up stones against the stone. Tonight, I'm glad that we don't have a desire to stone the Lord Jesus Christ, but we can praise Him. For the wonderful message we can look at tonight and be reminded of what we have in Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, I have a hard time understanding your love. For Lord, I know I don't deserve it. Lord, I know that you came into your own. And as we see here in this text, very, very plainly, your own received you not. And Lord, tonight as we examine Scripture with Scripture. Lord, as we compare it, as we see what we have in Christ, Lord, I want to thank you, first of all, that I can be in you. I thank you for salvation. Lord, as Brother Bonnie shared his testimony tonight of salvation, Lord, I thank you for the day in that little trailer in Gillette, Wyoming, when I called upon you as my Savior. I thank you for the testimony of every blood-bought child of God here tonight that can say with certainty, I know that I'm born again. Lord, this evening, as we who are in Christ, I pray that you would help us to be reminded of what we have, our possessions. Lord, I pray again, as I prayed this morning, God, would you help us to find our identity in you and not in what we are, in who you are, not in what we do. Lord, help us tonight, Lord, how wonderful to be reminded of your love. And Lord, we're going to see it tonight played out in our lives, in our hearts. Uh, Bless us now. In your precious name we pray. Amen.
morning I talked about some things we have in Christ. I used the illustration this morning about a man in an airplane. A man in an airplane can fly. You can't fly, but if you're in an airplane, you can fly because you're inside of something that is doing something you cannot do. As a believer, I am in Christ. And I mentioned a few things. We looked at five things this morning, and we're going to look at five more tonight. We talked about an atonement, our acceptance, our assurance, the abundance, and the alliance we have with Christ in Christ. We talked about that this morning. But I want us tonight, I want to give you five more things this evening. And I, I want to, I believe this ought to be a great encouragement to us as believers as we see what we have. Now, all of these granted to us. Why? Because we're good? No. Because we're in Christ. Because we did something to deserve it? No. Because we're in Christ. Uh, because we're the, the best Christian? No. Because we're in Christ. Uh, because we came to church on Sunday? No. Because we're in Christ. Uh, because I, I honored the Lord in some way and, and God said, okay, I'm going to honor you. No, simply because we are in Christ. So number one tonight, what do we have? What are some things we have in Christ? Number one this evening, an assignment. An assignment that will never be released. An assignment that will never be released. Tonight, every one of us as a Christian has a calling or an assignment to fulfill. We've been saved for a purpose. We started a few weeks ago, and can I encourage you, if you haven't been able to be a part of that, encourage you to be there for our adult Sunday school. We started three or four weeks ago looking at, and we just, we've only covered the first lesson. We're going to start lesson two next Sunday. But in our 10 o'clock adult Sunday school on Sundays, we are talking about the making of a disciple. We're talking about Peter. Peter was called to follow Christ. And all of us, we focused on it this morning, all of us are called to serve, not called to set. We have an assignment. Romans 8, 29, for whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many Brethren, can I tell you that God has a purpose for you? His purpose is for you. Part of the assignment that you have and that I have is to be like Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons we have the Word of God, so we can learn of Him, but also so we can follow Him. I'm sure this week, at least one person in this room you were in your kitchen, you opened your refrigerator, you looked at what ingredients you had, and you decided, okay, what can I make with this? And maybe you needed a recipe, so you got your phone out, you got your iPad out, put it on the counter, you went to YouTube, uh, went to Google and searched a recipe, you laid it on the counter, okay, what do I do first? Uh, going to make some craft dinner. Okay, boil water. Uh, Brother Gerald, that's probably what Brother Gerald made this week. But you, you had that recipe there, you, you, something you could follow so you could make it. The Word of God, God gives us for that assignment we have to be becoming like the Lord Jesus Christ and how wonderful it is that God is doing that in us. Our assignment uh, would be to tell others about Him. As Peter, Jesus said, come, Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. 
He didn't make them fishers to grab men for themselves. He said, Peter, I want you to follow me so I can teach you how to get men to follow me. We want to get people to follow us. Peter's call was to get people to follow Jesus. Our assignment tonight, and we will never be released from it. There's never a time when God says, okay, now you're done. Our assignment is to get people to Jesus Christ. We had the parable of the pounds in Luke 19, 13, and he called the ten servants and delivered to them ten pounds and said to them, occupy till I come. Now, it didn't mean occupy doesn't mean just, you know, sit around. It meant take what I've given you and do something with it. To when? Till it comes back. Now, we know in that parable there was one who didn't fulfill the obligation he was given. Christian, we have an obligation, an assignment we're not released from. Our job until we see the Lord Jesus Christ, our assignment, our purpose is to be like him and to point others to Jesus Christ. There, there is no reprieve. There's no retirement from that purpose. Notice how long Isaiah's assignment was. You know Isaiah, the prophet? Isaiah that would pen 2,000 years before Christ the wonderful message of Emmanuel who would come, God with us, the comforter, he who the government will be upon his shoulders, he who will be virgin born. Isaiah 6 verse 11, Then said I, this is Isaiah speaking to the Lord, Lord, how long? How long shall I obey your command? What did the Lord say to Isaiah? And he, the Lord, answered, Until the cities be wasted without inhabitant, and the houses without man, and the land be utterly desolate. Isaiah, your job is until there's nobody left to warn. Christian, your job, my assignment that I have because I'm in Christ is to go on until there's nobody left to warn. The fact is we have an assignment from our Lord. Each one of us have an assignment. We're not going to be released from it. We have a purpose, and that purpose never ends. It never ceases. And how wonderful because we have an opportunity to share the blessed gospel. Number two, this evening, we have an accountability. And I think you're going to notice tonight as we look at some things this evening, we're seeing some things we have that are responsibility. Number two, we see an accountability that must be recognized. We're like, Pastor, I, I thought you were going to talk about you know, something God's going to give me and how good it is. Man, I want that. Give me that. It is good. God is always good. But we need to recognize the accountability we have to our God Romans 14, verse 12 says, So then every one of us, by the way, that doesn't exclude anybody here tonight. It doesn't exclude any person ever born. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Now, here's what we live like. We live like we're going to give an account of others. Oh, yeah, I saw what Eric did. I'm going to write that down and tell God about it. Oh, yeah. I see David. I know what he did. That's the way we live. Oh, I'm going to give an account to God. You're not going to give an account to God for others. We're going to give account of ourselves. 
account of ourselves. So what do we have as a believer in Christ? And we are in Christ. As we talked about this morning, we can never be out of Christ as a believer. We have an accountability to give to God. Every one of us in this room tonight, if we're born again child of God, we have an accountability, this realization that we will give account. And by the way, that will cause a great difference in how you live, in the decisions of our life. It will give account, I believe, of every aspect of our life, every moment. I believe we'll give an account of every time we had an opportunity to obey the Lord and gathering together, assembling together with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we didn't do it. There are many, not so much in our country here, but many across North America tonight that many Christians who normally would be in church on a Sunday night who won't be tonight. Because to them, it's more important for them to watch a football game. So yeah, I get him, preacher. You know why you say that? Because you don't like football. You have some other idol. You have some other thing that would keep you from being faithful. But I believe we give an account for every option, everything. For everything that God has given us in our life. Every ability. Every opportunity. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand tonight, but I want you to think about it. How many opportunities have we missed to share Christ? A whole lot. A whole lot. If we began to think about every time we could have shared the gospel and we didn't. How many opportunities do we have for speak for Christ and we we didn't? Our accounting will be for our work, by the way, not for our sin. You know, this, this whole idea, this, and, and, I, and I'm not mad at, let me preface this, I, I, but I need to say it. I just, I want to make sure I say it correctly so you understand where I'm coming from. I'm not anti-chick track. I believe there's some good gospel messages in some chick tracks. But I'm afraid a lot of Christians, your theology comes from chick tracks. Uh, I'm afraid, you know, you believe that, you know, you're going to sit down and God's going to play a movie and you're going to see all the bad things you ever did and everybody's going to watch it. And I'm sorry, but that's not from the Bible. <laughs> uh, We've got to be careful about your theology that we get it from the Word of God and not from something else. Uh, I'm not discounting that there's some gospel uh, message there, but can I tell you that I'm not going to give an account. The Lord's not going to say, hey, you know, you did this, you did that. Remember this sin, remember that sin? No, the Bible speaks rather that I'll suffer loss. It'll be burned up. It'll be gone. Our church that we were part of in Ohio flooded. The water got about five feet high in the building. Anybody ever have to clean up after a flood before? That's horrible. It was nasty. We cleaned and tore drywall out, and I mean, it was, it was devastating. And there was an old, the old, there was one good point, one good thing happened. There was an old organ, Miss Lois, and that organ was useless. Old, not organ, piano. And it was useless, it was old, it weighed five million pounds. It was broken, but it had some kind of sentimental value to somebody. But 
praise the Lord, the flood destroyed it finally till we could, we could destroy it. And as we were cleaning, we had a big, a big pit we dug outside with some equipment. And I had some men I helped. We carried that old piano upright and put it in there. And we lit that thing on fire, Miss Lois. And man, it started burning. And then it got to the, the brass and the metal and the fire got so hot the flames were blue and green and dancing around and it was it was pretty cool but you know after it burned up there was nothing left there was no piano it was dust our sin the bible speaks of it literally being burned up rather we're going to give account for the opportunities that we could have used that which we could have earned reward not for ourselves but for Christ. So understand we have a responsibility, Christian. As I am in Christ, I have an accountability to my Savior. I have an accountability for how I spend my life. 1 Corinthians 3.12 says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abides which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Our works will be made manifest. Hebrews 2, how shall we escape with neglect so great salvation, which of the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard I wonder how many times we could have glorified the name of the Lord and we didn't. How many times we could have brought glory to the Lord and we don't. How many times we're negligent. Negligent. Ezekiel speaks of the watchman on the wall. That if the watchman see the enemy coming and the watchman does not warn the people that the blood will be on his hand. By the way, the watchman may not see because he's being negligent. He may see and not go because he's negligent. But God said the blood will be on his hand. Negligent so often because we don't realize we have an accountability. As I mentioned before, Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. We have a much greater responsibility and much greater accountability than we think. Because we are in Christ, we are accountable to Him. Number three tonight. Number three, and I love this, this truth. We have an acquittal that can never be reversed. An acquittal that can never be reversed. When Jesus died on the cross for my sins, I was crucified there with Him. I, my sins were put to death in Christ. My sins have been paid for once for all. God accepted the payment. God received the payment. That sacrifice on Calvary. And because of that, the account can never be reversed again. God can never come back and say, hey, you owe me a debt for your sin. No. That's paid. That's paid. Acquittal, that word means to be set free by judgment of the court. It also means to be clear of a charge by being declared 
not guilty. It also means to pay a debt, the connotation there. God declared that all sin must be paid for by death. We see that in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of Christ's payment, not our payment, because of Christ's payment for sin, I've been acquitted. I've been acquitted of my sin debt. Uh, I, I don't owe anything anymore. And that acquittal can't be turned around. How many of you remember, uh, I'll pick on Brother Jerese actually. Brother Jerese bought a truck. How, how long ago was that, Brother Jerese? 2013. How, how many months ago did you make your last payment? Three months ago? Oh, was it two years ago now? Four years ago? Five years ago? Oh, wow. Man, my memory's getting a little slow. But you remember, don't you? You know why I don't remember? Because I wasn't the one making the payments. He remembers. He remembers. He remembers when he called the bank and said, "Hey, how much is the final payout? Uh, it's the last payment. I ain't paying no more. <laughs> What's the payout? Wrote the check or whatever, transfer the money, and he called. Hey, we done? We good? We're finished, right? The debt's paid, right? You're gonna send me a receipt saying that I don't owe you anything else. I praise God that that payment." was made on Calvary, and it's finished. There's no second charge coming with the city as we've been dealing with the permit situation, and we're still dealing. I joke about it. It seems like every couple of days we get a message. Colton will say, Pastor, we got another message. They want some more extortion money. I mean, they want some more money. And we go in and drop off a check. And Okay, we're good. A few more weeks later, Pastor, they need some more money. I think it's been every day for six years, it seems like. Uh, at some point, praise the Lord, we're going to say, this last, this is it, right? This is all. And I tell you, when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, he cried out, it's finished. That was it. An acquittal that cannot be reversed. Number four. Number four, we have an acquisition. And I love this. We have an acquisition. That must be remembered. How many of you have ever bought something, acquired something, and you forgot you got it? You've done that before? How many of you have ever gone to the grocery store and you bought something, you came home to put it in the cabinet, and you realized you already had it and you didn't need it? Raise your hand, both of your little hands. Uh, that happens, doesn't it? We, oh, yeah, I already had that. I forgot. We, we already bought that. We don't need that. We have acquired something in our relationship in Christ. We have an acquisition that is wonderful and amazing that so often we forget about. The Bible tells us in Luke 24 and verse 49, And behold, Jesus said, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. The moment I got saved, the moment you called on the Lord Jesus Christ, the moment you received the gospel, the moment you believed, that very moment the Holy Spirit came to take in residence inside of you. By the way, he's never left. 
He ain't leaving. He's in me as I'm in Christ. I have his power. May we never forget where our power comes from. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, a pivotal verse for every believer when it comes to the gospel getting out to the world. It tells us, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. But we forget. We forget we have the Holy Spirit with us. We forget that wonderful gift. We forget. Years ago, my dad went, mom and dad and myself, maybe my sister, I guess she was there. I was just a little fella. I think they went to a look at a vehicle. I can't remember the story. I, was, I remember being, I remember the event, but I don't remember exactly what it was. Whoever it was, my mom wasn't in the vehicle. We had an old 1978, I think it was, Ford Bronco. And bucket seats in the front with a big center console and then a bench seat in the back and my sister was probably in a, well, I say she was, she should have been in a car seat. Uh, this was the late 1970s. She probably was not in a car seat. Uh, and I definitely was not in a car seat, and I was not buckled up. I was standing in the middle of the floor between the, the driver's seat here, passenger seat here. Probably had my little hands on the chair like this, and I'm standing there as my dad went to drive away. And my dad was driving, you know, focused on the road, focused on you know, all the important stuff. And he's talking to my mom. And as my dad asked my mom questions, I answered. Hey, when I was four years old, I sounded like a woman, Miss Lois. I, I, I was carrying a conversation with dad. I thought dad was talking to me. He was talking to mom. Dad say something, I'd respond. This went on for a while. We drove away. My mom was not in the vehicle. A while down the road, my dad looked over and realized mom wasn't there. I'm sure his life flashed before his eyes. I'm sure he envisioned how sore his back was going to be from sleeping on the couch for the next year. And whenever he could, he did a U-turn and went back. And praise the Lord, my mom and dad are still married. She didn't divorce him. She should have, but she didn't. But he thought he had her, <laughs> but he didn't. We do just the opposite so often. We forget who we do have. We forget who is with us. We forget we have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because uh, I did something to deserve it? No, because I'm in Christ. Because I'm in Christ, I have an acquisition that must be remembered. That acquisition is the Holy Spirit. That acquisition is His power. What's the purpose of that power? purpose is to witness. The purpose is to live for Him. John 1, 12, but as many as received Him. Who, who is that? Jesus. To as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in His name. He's given us that power, that power of the Holy Spirit to do what? To become the Son of God, to live for Him, to honor Him. We've received the power to live for Him daily in our duty and our activity. We have the power to fulfill that request. Why? Because He gave us the power. 
Are we allowing him to live through us? Now, let me touch on something real quickly, and this is not the message tonight, but if we looked in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, the Bible tells us, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, don't be afraid of that name. Don't be afraid of those words, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit, very plainly. Nothing spooky about that. Nothing, nothing wrong about that. Nothing doctrinally off about that. But in verse 4 it says, And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Today we have uh, the modern tongues movement. If you take it and compare it, and not the message tonight, but you compare it with what the Bible speaks about here, you find that it's two totally different things. They don't match up at all. They're not even close to the same. The here, uh, they were all filled. They, these, these uh, here in this uh, passage in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. Now, I believe here that these people mentioned, uh, it's referring back to the last verse. If we take time to look at it, we'd see it's referring back to the disciples, the 11 uh, 12 minus Judas being 11. Uh, in, in verse 26 of chapter 1, we find who the passage is speaking about, and then it goes on in chapter 2. But we understand here, I believe it was speaking about the disciples, these 12, uh, and they spoke in languages, languages, uh, with other tongues, other languages. How many of you speak more than one language here? How many of you speak two languages? People that speak two languages, we call you bilingual. How many speak three languages? They're trilingual. How many speak four languages? Quadlingual. You know what you call someone that speaks one language? An American. But <laughs> the fact is, the fact is, they spoke different languages here. Uh, I want you to notice, and I, I, for sake of time, I won't have you turn there, but if you want to write the reference down, in Acts chapter uh, 1, verse 11, says, Ye men of Galilee. Acts chapter 2, verse 7, Behold, are not all these which speak Galilean. You understand the people that were speaking on the day of Pentecost, these were people from Galilee. Can I tell you how many languages they spoke? Maybe two. Maybe. Corne Greek. And Hebrew, <laughs> maybe Aramaic, that was it. But they were speaking other languages, other languages. For what purpose? So they could come up and say, wow, Peter, man, I heard you up there, man. You were speaking in angel tongues. No. No, so the lost people who were there who spoke another language could say, hey, he just talked about Jesus Christ. He said Jesus is the Messiah. He said Jesus died and was buried and rose again and paid my sin debt. And he just preached and said that I could call upon him. Others who spoke different languages there in Jerusalem heard in their language, in their tongue, the message of the gospel. I, I wouldn't fight you on this. I wouldn't argue on it. But I, I think 
This is a riceology. I'll step away from the pulpit just for a minute. I don't think Peter spoke in another tongue that day. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these, it doesn't say, I'm not drunken. He said, these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seen as the third hour of the day. I believe Peter excludes himself from those that were speaking these other languages. But the other languages, the other tongues that were spoken, were spoken to get the gospel out. Now, I believe if God wanted Brother Krim to stand up and start uh, speaking in Swahili. Do you speak Swahili? I didn't think so. Uh, start preaching Christ in Swahili. I, I believe God could do that miracle if he wanted to. God's powerful enough to do that if he wanted to. But I believe we see here what happened on Pentecost. Number one was that kind of a miracle. Number two was a sign gift for the Jews, which I believe the Bible speaks plainly has passed. Not the message tonight, but I want you to understand when you see the Holy Spirit, uh, when we see the Holy Ghost, there are many today that wrongly assume that the Holy Ghost, that must mean speaking in tongues. But understand that is not the case. We see that instance here on the day of Pentecost. We, we see the purpose of that. But if you look today with those that would claim, oh, yes, yeah, the Holy Ghost. No, uh, they might have a holy itch, but they don't have a Holy Ghost. There's a difference. We see the purpose of God there. It was the power for the gospel. Uh, these that spoke in other tongues. Uh, by the way, the first place it's mentioned uh, here is the day of Pentecost. By the way, you'll also notice that uh, there was no women. There were no women that spake on that day. It says, these men. You look at the modern tongues movement, can I tell you, it's about 90% women. Guaranteed. We, we see they're, they're not the same. But look here, if you will. I want to give you the next one here. Uh, I, I don't want to get bogged down there. But the Word of God, we could go on and on and look at that truth. But understand, we have the Holy Spirit of God. We have acquired His power as a believer. And we need to make sure that we remember it. To remember that power. Quick illustration, we'll look at the last point. Several years ago, I say several, a few years ago, I flew the United States and I landed in Columbus, Ohio, and I went outside, and I called my dad on the cell phone. My dad was waiting in a McDonald's parking lot near the airport, and my dad came around and found me. My dad had bought, uh, had bought a, a Ford pickup truck. He had a 2000, I think it was a 2018 Ford F-350 Super Duty four-door platinum Six seven power stroke, every option. It was the Mac Daddy of pickup trucks. And he pulls up and uh, he put it in park. As he put it in park, the the side rails shh, came down for me to get in. Dad got out of the truck. He said, "Here, you drive. I'm tired. It's a two hour drive from my parents' house to the airport." And I got behind the wheel, and my dad said, "Be careful. This thing has some power." Now, I don't drive a fast vehicle. I drive a, uh, the smallest engine uh, Chrysler put in the minivan in 2010. That's what I drive. It's kind of like three squirrels running in a wheel. 
And so I got in it, and we're driving, and traffic was bad and around the airport in Columbus. And, you know, not open highway, lots of traffic. We got off on this exit, and I pulled into the gas station. And we pulled in and fueled it up with diesel, not with gas. And went to get out, and I, I was driving, and I was in the truck, and we're waiting. And I looked down on this two-lane highway. We were turning off on this two-lane highway, and there's nothing in front of us. And I look back, and there's a car coming in a distance. And my dad said, go ahead. Give it a little gas. So I did. Well, the worst I gave it a little gas like I would give it in my minivan if I was trying to pull out and in a hurry. I laid rubber for 50 feet. I boiled the tires off of that truck. And I was, whoa! And my dad's laughing. He said, I told you. Told you it's got a lot of power. Christian, God's told us we have his power. But we forget about it. We act like we have no power. We act like we can't possibly live the Christian life. We act like we couldn't possibly share Christ with our friends. We act like we couldn't possibly tell our loved ones how to, the gospel. But we have the power. We have it available. We have an acquisition that God has given us that we must remember. And number five tonight, and we'll close with this. In Christ, we have an appearance that will bring rejoicing. An appearance that will bring rejoicing. Who was telling me about the... Uh, the groundhog that died the day after Groundhog's Day. What was that story again? Yeah, they went to check on the groundhog in Quebec on Groundhog Day, and the groundhog died, Brother Gerald. I don't know what that means. Maybe winter's never going to end. Uh, or maybe we'll never have winter again. Please, Lord, that would be wonderful. Uh, but, you know, we, we joke about the groundhog. You know, it comes out if he sees his shadow. If he sees it, is it more winter or less winter? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, what's he going to see? Now, there are some things that we enjoy seeing, and there are some things that we don't enjoy seeing. You know, how many of you enjoy seeing the, the mercury rising as it has been the last few days? You see that warmer weather, and you're like, praise the Lord. Most of you don't know what mercury is. You just look at a phone, and your phone has the temperature. <laughs> The numbers going up uh, higher progressively on your phone weather app. But you're excited about that. But then you watch it coming down and not so excited. I went to leave to come to the church the other day. And as I was just getting ready to leave the house, I got a phone call from my favorite daughter. And she, Rebecca called me. I said that tongue-in-cheek. And she said, Dad, the roads are really bad. How many of you remember this week when the roads were horrible in the morning? And that morning, Carrie was supposed to go and pick her up out at Jim and Ruby's house. And she said, Josh called. They were out there, and Josh had left to go to work and said the roads were really bad. And Rebecca said, I don't think Mom should drive out here. Mom's not going to want to drive out here in this weather. Can you come get me? <sighs> Did I make about, is that about the right noise? I said, yeah, just what I wanted to do this morning. Just as I'm leaving the house, and I got in the vehicle, and I started driving, and I looked, and vehicles out in the ditch, and vehicles all over the highway, and uh, the roads weren't that bad. It's just people forget how to drive once we, you know. And I was not happy to see that weather. It was not good. 
But you know what happened that evening when I went home? How many of you noticed all the snow melted? It was like a swamp everywhere. I, I was down to a t-shirt thinking, man, this is almost, almost summer weather. I was liking that. In the same day, whether I, I saw what I didn't like and I saw something I did like. Can I tell you tonight that as a believer in Christ, in Christ, there is going to be an appearance that will bring great rejoicing. Jesus Christ is coming again. By the way, whether the world likes it or not, Jesus is coming again. I saw at a, a rally, at a, uh, a rally of perversion a few years ago, one of the people there promoting uh, a wicked lifestyle at that rally was hold, held a sign, a very famous picture many of you may have seen. And the sign said, if Jesus comes, we'll kill him again. Can I tell you the world has that opinion of Jesus Christ? But as a Christian, well, I can't wait to see him. He's coming again in a moment in the twinkling of an eye when least expected. And I must be ready. I must be ready. You know, so much is happening today that makes his appearance more real. Earthquakes. Maybe you've read about that in divers places. How sad this week what we've seen playing out on our screens. The wonderful old song, Oh, I Want to See Him. Look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past. Home at last. Ever to rejoice. He's coming again. He's coming again. Are you looking forward to that rejoicing? Dr. Bob Jones, Sr., Dr. Bob was a phenomenal preacher. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to say that he prayed this prayer. I think he said that he prayed this prayer every day. Dr. Bob used to pray and say, Lord, if you were in New York City, I'd do whatever necessary to get there so I could see you there. Lord, if I, if I knew you were in California, you were coming physically to California, I'd, I'd fly across the country from South Carolina to get to California so I could see you. To get there to see you. If, if, if Lord, if, if you were in China, Lord, I'd sell everything I had to get enough money that I could get to China so I could see you. Are you looking forward to seeing him? We have an appearing coming. Maybe soon. He's coming again. One day I'm going to see him. And Christian, the Bible says, when I see him, I will be like him, for I'll see him as he is. I'll see him as he is. Brother Bonnie shared a picture of their wedding nine years ago this week. Several pictures on Facebook. How many of you saw some pictures? How many of you noticed Pastor Rice didn't have a beard? I mean, notice Pastor Rice was about 20 pounds heavier. And he looked about 30 years younger. Brother Jerese told me, Pastor, you got to shave your beard so you can look younger again. I'd rather look older than still have a beard. I know what my face looks like under this beard. You don't want to see that. 
But, you know, with that, at that wedding, you know, I look and I see that picture and I'm like, that was me? I mean, Brother Bonnie was a kid. Miss Chris was 12 years old. We were all a little younger then. We looked a little different. Brother Bonnie, you have a few less hairs now than you did then. What did, uh, where is he? Brother Chummy, where's Chummy? What did you say about my hair? My hair was inverted. <laughs> he said my hair flipped. You know, I had hair on my head. Now I have hair on my beard, nothing on my head. We're going to vote him out of church tonight. <laughs> but one day, one day, every one of us, we're going to look like him. Amen. That's a wonderful thing. Why? Because we're good people? No. Because we're in Christ. Why? Because you're in church on a Sunday night? No. Because we're in Christ. How wonderful all that we have in Christ. He may come tonight. But I know one thing. When he comes, I want to be looking. I want to be looking. I want to be watching. I remember years ago when our girls were little, I'll close this illustration. My mom and dad came to visit. They flew to Canada to come and visit with us. We go to the airport to pick them up. And many of you have been to the airport where people that are flying from out of Canada fly in. And you know they've got to come through the immigration doors there at the end of the airport, the last, the last doors. And, and they've got to come out. And I'd let the kids go in and they'd go there and sit and wait. Before they would go in the airport, they would say, I'm going to see him first. They probably, Rebecca and Elizabeth were probably fighting and beating each other up and pinching each other and fighting over it. And Hannah was a good girl. She, she didn't do that. But they would be like, I'm going to see him first. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the first one. And they'd sit there and they'd watch the door for the trees. Just waiting. Because they wanted to see Grandma and Grandpa. They wanted to be the first one to see him out. And as soon as the door, as soon as a little bit, they could see they were sure it was Grandpa or Grandpa, they went running to meet him. They wanted to be first. Christian, would to God we had that feeling about the Lord Jesus Christ. Would to God that we were looking forward to that appearing. You know, so often, though, we look thinking about the appearing of Christ. Like, oh. I don't want Jesus to come now. <coughs> Who was it was teasing Brother Jerese before he got married? Was that Brother Eric? Was that you talking telling him about Jesus was going to come back and he was never going to get married? <laughs> as wonderful as Margaret is, as wonderful it is, as it is having a wife, and find it, he who findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Brother Jerese, as wonderful as it is, these how many years married now? Five years. She hasn't killed you yet. That's a miracle. Uh, <laughs> as wonderful as it's been, if Jesus came back before, you wouldn't even realize all that you've missed. How wonderful our Savior. May we be looking. May we be excited. And may we realize and find our identity in Christ, not in what we are, but in who Jesus is. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for that blessed day. Lord, that wonderful old song we sing, what a day that will be. Lord, what a day that will be. What a wonderful day when we see you face to face. Lord, we have some responsibilities that we've shirked.
Lord, we've got some duties that too often as Christians we walk away from. Lord, we have an accounting to give. Lord, I pray you'd sober our minds. May we see the reality of our responsibility to you. And Lord, may we as well balance with that the blessings of all the things we have in Christ. Lord, I pray if there be one here tonight that knows you not as Savior, Lord, I pray that they would realize that they too, they too tonight, in this place, before they leave this place, could call upon you and receive you as their Savior. They could accept and simply believe the gospel. That's all it takes, Lord, by grace through faith. Tonight, to be in Christ. Lord, I pray that it be the case. Lord, I pray as Christians. Lord, I pray we'd be sobered in our understanding and our responsibility. Lord, I pray we would worship you and praise you for what we have in you. Lord, may you be glorified during this time of invitation. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing 160. Will Jesus find us watching, number 160. announcements before we leave. Teenagers, I need you to come up to practice with the 